0: On internet and we think about you all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. And I buy you things at the store sometimes, <laughs> just things that make me think of you.
0: How y'all doing? <laughs> uh, we are back with our thirteenth episode of Goose Chase.
1: Lucky thirteen.
0: Yeah, I actually didn't realize we had done this many of them until I went to set this project file up here. So. Yeah. We are well into it. We have chased many a, a- goose.
1: <laughs> many a goose. Many
0: a, a- geese. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: There's been lots of lots of geese that have been chased by us.
0: That's the best way to say that, I think.
1: Uh-huh. The most <laughs> concise. <laughs> really.
0: Um it is uh it is the day before Thanksgiving. We have a whiny annoying dog <laughs> that will not shut up.
1: Bubba, come here.
0: Come on. Come on, boy.
1: He likes to sit across the basement in a couch, and
0: just like grown. on a couch,
1: and just stare at us and moan. Come here, lay down.
0: Um, yeah, it's the day before Thanksgiving. Um, and all
1: through a house, through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a turkey.
0: Yeah, no turkey here. <laughs> I actually really want to cook a turkey sometime. I've never done it. I know it's gonna be a pain in the ass. I know I'm gonna mess it up. But I want a whole bird to myself.
1: <laughs> we can do, like, a Friendsgiving sometime. But
0: no, you're missing the point. You just want I an want entire I want a whole turkey. bird to myself.
1: <laughs> Gotta tell ya, you can have it, because I'm not that big a fan of turkey.
0: I'm pretty into turkey.
1: Not that into turkey. So, I don't know if you know this, but I'm weird about meat. Mm-hmm. Like, very particular about the flavor.
0: Well, you know I know this. I know, I'm just teasing.
1: Um... <laughs> Uh, but if, like, turkey, even more so than chicken, Mm -hmm. will occasionally just have, like, this flavor, almost, like, gamey flavor to it, if it's not cooked right, that just, like, makes me gag, and I hate it. So I, I only eat it. Basically on Christmas and Thanksgiving and even then I eat very little of it and I just like carbo load. (laughs)
0: Yeah. See what I want is as much as I want like hot fresh turkey. What I really want is a bunch of cold turkey for sandwiches for the next week. Yeah. I'm really into turkey and I'm into really heavily salted turkey.
1: (laughs) Mm. I mean I will say I'm into like an open face turkey sandwich with some Mm. mashed potatoes on that. Drowning in gravy with liberal amounts of salt and pepper. Mm. Like, that is the perfect leftover meal. I get it. It makes sense. Ugh, I love a good open face.
0: Yeah, good open face. <laughs> uh, the uh, This is probably a good time to talk about everyone's favorite Thanksgiving myth, which I uh, I am assured every year... Is not a thing.
1: Tryptophan. Tryptophan.
0: Everyone always, you know, ever since I was little, people would, you know, it was like this common wisdom oh, yeah, well, turkey's got a lot of tryptophan, and that's why you eat, you know, four pounds of it and then pass out. Yeah,
1: yeah that's why you get tired. No, fat ass. It's because you <laughs> ate four meals. Yeah, your body, in doesn't one have the, meal.
0: your body doesn't have the blood <laughs> in it to keep your brain alive after that. That's what happened.
1: <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to call you a fat ass. <laughs> No, but it, it's a popular myth <laughs> but no that's the and that's the, what it really is you just eat a lot and then your body it has to use a lot of uh, energy to yeah, digest it
0: that and, and your you spike your blood sugar goes right. up and then falls right you off crash. yeah it's like you that's, got a ton of carbs in you as right, well Right,
1: especially since a lot of the sides are carb heavy yeah. potatoes and stuffing and and like Sweet potatoes, yeah. especially if you have like the candied yams that have like marshmallows on them, right? Like it's all carbs and sugar, it really and is a teeny little bit of protein. Yeah,
0: the um, the, the apparently the tryptophan thing, while there is a lot of tryptophan in turkey, the reason that it doesn't really affect you is because it really doesn't work very well on a full stomach or with food, so tryptophan which apparently you can get pharmaceutically for purposes. I believe mm-hmm. I had heard on NPR something with like this. I never heard of it before. But if you're going to take it for whatever its intended purposes, you have to take it on an empty stomach. So, forget what you think you knew about tryptophan. The reason you're tired is cuz you ate a whole bunch.
1: Yeah. So, if you ate like nothing but turkey and you hadn't eaten anything else, you maybe could get that effect, but
0: yeah, it seemed to their suggestion was not even.
1: Not even it, because it, you because have to fill your stomach to get the
0: trip. Because sleep. it's being delivered with turkey, it's like nullified. Huh. Surprised me. I didn't know that.
1: Interesting. Good to know.
0: I also, know. Uh, not learned, but was reminded of the word spatchcock, which is apparently the same as uh, butterflying open a turkey or whatever, you know, sort of com- whatever you do, spatchcocking. Which is way more fun to say.
1: Seems appropriate. Spatchcock. like spatchcock. It's fun to say. Who doesn't like spatchcock? I don't know. I don't know. I, I said it and went, that's weird. I'm going to keep going.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Thanksgiving is upon us. If you're listening, if you can avoid it, don't go shopping on Thanksgiving. Don't,
1: don't do don't that. Don't
0: do it. It sucks.
1: And then, oh, if you're going to do it don't apologize to the employees no oh, i'm sorry you have to be here no fucker you're the reason they're there <laughs> yeah don't do that if you're
0: gonna do it at least you know have the have the fortitude to be like well i'm gonna do it
1: don't, yeah don't just pro- do don't, it yeah. don't apologize be nice to the employees but don't be like oh i'm sorry you have to be here oh yeah that's no, like no, the no, worst no 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 no, no. <laughs> you do not of... get to
0: have it both ways
1: <laughs> yeah uh-uh you are not really sorry if you were sorry you would not be doing this. <laughs> oh uh, i hate it when people apologize to me over stuff like that like I you're know. not sorry you're yeah. not sorry don't say it i don't want you to apologize if yeah. you don't really mean it and honestly mm. i'd rather you just change your ways then yeah. apologize to me like,
0: honestly whatever whoa. whatever your your hundred dollar 4k tv that is going to be there this is straight out of uh, uh chris's mouth the last time we did the podcast he said you know straight up it's not going to be a good one it's going to be a good price but you're going to get a bit, probably a substandard product and you got to be the third person in line <laughs> to get there which means you're going to be yeah. sitting there since noon anyway the, you know what, what what are you doing wait till cyber monday Cyber Monday is great. You can shop in your underwear. All kinds of stuff is cheap. Perfect.
1: I was talking to someone about how they were going to go Black Friday shopping. Mm -hmm. And how she doesn't even go to get anything. Mm -hmm. Like She doesn't buy the stuff that's actually on sale because she doesn't want any of that. She goes for the drama, basically. She goes because it's exciting. (laughs) And I was like... You and I are incredibly different people because <laughs> I will just have a panic attack and and spend the rest of the day in bed, yeah. like I totally wiped out. If I don't I I want to be that. out there battling
0: it out for a DVD player. Like like I'm not right. I'm not that kind of person. It's not worth it for me.
1: I did Black Friday once. Yeah. And afterwards, declared like I'm never doing this again. Yeah. But basically, it was. For special circumstances, I was living in Chicago with Ian, my significant other at the time. We're both into beer and uh, there was a beer release at a liquor store called Benny's. Yeah. And you you could only get so many bottles per person. So See, you literally if, need more people there yeah, to get So more. if I went, he could get twice as many, and we liked to try some immediately, and then have at least one bottle that we could age, because it was a kind of beer that aged really well. Yeah. So, we stood in line. I think we got there at, like, two in the morning or something. I had had, like, some kind of stomach issues that day, and I was terrified that I might have, like food poisoning kind of thing going on yeah or a stomach bug so i was sitting there like oh god this is awful like hoping not to poop
0: your pants on thanksgiving right. i have
1: like <laughs> 10 layers on but like this is a mess yeah and uh we it was honestly like it it was fine
2: mm-hmm.
1: it was cold I was tired I can't sleep in weird situations. Like sure. can't sleep in cars or on buses or on planes. I can't sleep out in public in the freezing cold. I have watched in you doze chair.
0: off once while I was driving up somewhere. I can't remember where we were going. Maybe coming back from Cincinnati I watched you start to
1: I can doze a little bit in the yeah. car. It's usually not for long, and it's not good sleep, but yeah. occasionally I can doze in the car. It's that but,
0: weird delirious sleep where you keep waking up yeah. in the middle of half-formed dreams.
1: <laughs> yeah, but every now and then I can in the car, especially if it's just, like, me and you or, like, me and one other person. Yeah. But, I, like, I did doze on the bus on the way back from New York a little bit. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, I just don't do it very well. So, we would like take turns sleeping in the car while we were waiting, and I could not fall asleep. I thought I had to go to the bathroom at one point, tried to go into like a Walgreens or something, and they would not let anyone use their bathroom. Mm-hmm. And then um, I ended up, they had porta potty set up, I ended up having to use the porta potty, and it turned out I didn't even have to go to the bathroom. Okay. I was like panicking, though and then exciting this is real good
0: it's an exciting good story story <laughs> I thought I had to go to the bathroom but and I, didn't. I didn't
1: well I was like freaking out about it <laughs> because I was like oh god I'm gonna like <laughs> poop my pants and I have ten layers on
0: <laughs> I'll never get it out <laughs>
1: oh jeez! but it was fine we got the beer we wanted to get and then I went home and slept for like two hours and then I went to work and was grumpy and it was fine
0: <laughs> the worst waiting out for something story ever for me was when I waited out for the original Xbox yeah I think I might have told you
1: I don't I, know if I ever did it sounds vaguely familiar
0: I went out right after work I got in the line three two of my friends were there already and uh, about an hour and a half in I decided I had to throw up So
1: I walked
0: down to the end of the sidewalk, all the way past all the waiting people, and immediately as I went around the corner, threw up and threw up onto a vending machine. So that was great. That was a good start. (laughs) Came back, sat there, realized I was going to throw up again, went the other way this time, only made it to a trash can, puked in that. The people waiting saw this and went, oh no. And I was saying, I got to go sleep in my car or something. I got to go lay down. And even in that competitive line waiting environment, everyone was like, no, fine. We'll hold your spot. Just go. (laughs) <laughs> so I went and I laid in my car for another couple hours and opened the door and puked out of it and then closed the door again
1: did you have like food poisoning I or like some, I still shock? don't
0: know what I had but oh, geez, as the morning came I walked over and I got up and I joined everybody and I got my Xbox and then I Went home and slept and didn't even... I woke up. My brother was playing with it. My brother set it up while I was asleep. I woke up like like eight hours later.
1: I don't remember that part of the story. Like, you didn't even get to be the first one to use the Xbox that you waited in line for. It just for. drove me
0: nuts. Uh, oh, jeez. That's awful. So, yeah. Waiting in line for stuff is, is a whole ordeal.
1: Uh, I'm not into it. No. Not into it. I feel like I waited in line for something recently and, again, realized I wasn't into it. Well, you waited
0: in line for uh, Szechuan sauce. We didn't get any. Oh, yeah,
1: that's what it was.
0: He waited in line for a tattoo, but he actually got one.
1: Yeah, I did wait in line for that. That wasn't too bad, though. It was like... I got there... It was Black Friday, and they were doing their Friday the 13th tattoo specials. I got there at, like, 9 in the morning, and I think they opened it...
0: I don't know. I was, since I wasn't there for this one, I'm not totally sure. I
1: can't remember. Mm-hmm. I only waited like an hour and a half. Yeah. And then went inside and got my tattoo pretty quickly. Yeah. Everything went pretty Another well Another good story. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to the people behind me online about murder. Cool. Um, That was fun. Because I was just like minding my own business. And the, the, <laughs> the lady behind me, it was like a couple... So the lady behind me turns to her spouse and is like, I had a dream that I murdered you last night. And the guy goes, yeah, how's that different from any other night? And she goes, yeah, but this time it was like really real. Like I woke up needing to check if I murdered you. And I like turned around and just looked at them and went. Just so you know, I'm actively eavesdropping on you right now. Like, <laughs> I am now invested in your conversation. Yeah, <laughs> and she told me all about her dream. <laughs>
0: that sounds like very That's well. Fun. <laughs>
1: Good uh, times.
0: So I, I don't know. I guess we've I guess we've bandied bandied about enough here. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's time to uh, get into the uh, the first segment of our of our show. You One want, of my favorites.
1: You want a little news?
0: We're gonna do the news quiz.
1: You ready for a little news, Yes.
0: So you are going to present me. is going to present me with two false story, two false stories and a true story, and I'm tasked with finding the true story. Which right now my record sits at about forty percent, maybe. Or is a fifty now. Fifty. Dead even. Fifty fifty. Had a real slow start. I want to break. I want to break above fifty percent here. I want to real bad.
1: You gotta sniff out the truth.
0: All right, let's are see. You, I'm super getting... ready. Let's do it.
1: All right. First one. Surgery reveals Oregon Great Dane. Eight forty three socks. <laughs> okay. I what was the dog theme today, by the way. What was a the dog theme. This is all dog.
0: Oh, theme. the dog quiz.
1: Next one. World's tallest man. Owns World's Tallest Dog. <laughs>
0: Hold on now. That seems just too, that seems too perfect.
1: All right. Okay. All right. All right. Frank Sinatra's family reveal he wrote the theme song to Scooby-Doo Cartoon.
0: <laughs> um, uh, I don't believe that one. <laughs> I don't believe that one. I'm going to pass on that one.
1: All right. Want to recap of the first two? There? Yeah.
0: Let's see. Let's hear them again.
1: Surgery reveals Oregon Great Dane ate forty-three socks. <laughs> and world's tallest man owns world's tallest dog.
0: Oh man, I feel like I should almost phone a friend because that dog over there will not shut the hell up.
1: <laughs> I wonder
0: what he thinks. Bo,
1: do you know the answer?
0: Um, damn. I believe the true story. Is that a Great Dane ate 43 socks? Final answer.
1: You would be right. Yes! Woo! A Great Dane did Woo! eat 43 socks. Ha ha! Broke 50%. So... Yes! I got this story from Can I Pet Your Dog. Okay. Um, Can I Pet Your Dog is another podcast I listen to. Mm-hmm. For people who love dogs and don't give a fuck if they're weird because of it. Yeah. Um, That certainly sounds like you. I, yeah, I mentioned Renee and Allegra in an episode once, but I realized upon listening, I didn't mention they were from a podcast, Can not I Pet Your Dog? I just, like, said them by name, like, they're my friends. (laughs) Due to the
0: weird nature of podcasting, I think every podcaster comments on this is, like, when people listen to you enough, it's like... You form a relationship, right, to this to the person talking because it's like being in a room.
1: Not to mention that like they're fairly active in their group on Facebook, so I've actually like commented and on Twitter, like I've commented to them and had conversations with them, and they've interacted directly with me. So it's hard not to think of them as like they're people I actually know in some way, mm-hmm. but. I just realized, I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. Like, I didn't even say what they're from. I just said their names. Like, everyone should know who they are. And I wanted to correct that here. Mm-hmm. Allegra and Renee from uh, Can I Pet Your Dog? It's a great podcast. Nice. I love it. Um, there was an episode, a live episode, and they had three guests. They had Karen Kilgariff. Um Janine Garoflo and Drew Lynch, three mm-hmm. comedians. And I didn't realize that Karen Kilgariff was on one of their episodes. So I wanted to listen to it. And on it, they mentioned um, this story of the Great Dane that ate 43 socks. Um, that's insane. They know. That's what, a lot of socks. I think it's actually 43 and a half socks, technically. Yeah,
0: that's, a, that's like the socks of over 21 people.
1: They um know it's forty three because they removed them from the dog's stomach and they counted them. I'm sure they did. Um here's I'm
0: sure that's what the surgery was in about. The,
1: picture. <laughs> the surgery was about that, because the dog wasn't like yeah. going to the bathroom and eating or anything like that. And so they did an x ray and were like, All right Well <laughs> and had to do surgery. The good news um, is
0: he's gonna be fine.
1: <laughs> who has that many
0: socks. I have I have a lot of socks. 43? Probably. You got The thing about me, though, is I keep socks with holes in them where they're falling off my feet. So I got generations of socks. Ugh. Just years and years worth I of
1: socks. I lose mine way sooner than <laughs> I can. Like, I can't really? get that many socks because I don't know where any of them are. Yeah. You know, it's... I know where they are. Where are they? They're wrapped up in my bed sheets.
0: Are you serious?
1: <laughs> that's gotta be where they are because. Are you I, not taking your socks off before you lay down for sleep? No, that's not what happens. You gotta take them socks off. No, feet I always no, I always take my socks oh, off when okay. I go to bed. No, what happens is I'm a garbage person and I can't fold or put away laundry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm a garbage person.
1: <laughs> so, I. But I need a place to put my dirty laundry, so I dump my clean laundry out of the bin onto my bed so I can fold it, which I never do, and then I put my dirty laundry in the laundry thing in the hamper, but then I just sleep on the clean laundry.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) And it's just like, there's so many socks in my bed, (laughs) I'm sure.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, Well, all right, so record's over 50%. I'm a news quiz champion.
1: <sighs> Gotta say that wasn't my finest job of making those up. I kind of left those to the last minute.
0: Honestly, I was pretty 50-50. I thought the world's tallest man might have deliberately acquired the world's tallest dog. He
1: could have.
0: I mean, if I was the world's tallest man, I want the world's tallest pets. Right. Come on.
1: It just makes sense. I
0: mean, they're too little. I don't want to do like a Lenny from of Mice and Men thing, or where you know where I where I accidentally break all their necks because I'm too <laughs> big and strong. Um, I want a big giant dog that can take it. You know? Take my gigantic pets.
1: Okay, we get it. We get it.
0: (laughs) This big old, like, tennis racket hands petting my dog.
1: (laughs) For the record, the world's tallest dog is three feet and, like, three quarters Mm. of an inch. Okay. Uh, Or three feet and... It's something like that. It's over three feet. It doesn't seem that
0: tall to me for a giant dog. Well...
1: That is on all fours. Still like three feet's
0: like half me. Yeah. I guess I guess that is pretty. That's tall. pretty
1: big. <laughs> I'm only five feet tall. Yeah. It's just short of being a foot shorter than me. hmm So that I'm well, I guess I'm five two, but you get the gist.
0: That makes more sense.
1: Um <laughs> <laughs> And then they, when they, like, stand on their hind legs, the yeah. dog is probably, like, seven feet tall.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. Big old Marmaduke.
1: Yeah, and it is a great Dane. Naturally. Yeah, of course. Makes sense. And I think he weighed, like, somewhere around 200 pounds.
0: Wow, that's a big old dog.
1: A big old doggo. Um, uh One of the world's tallest dogs, because, like, one had passed away, and then eventually there was a new one, but... I forget which one of them it was, but one of those dogs, they were both Great Danes, one of them had eaten several couches. Yeah. And it made me think of Bo, because he's eaten so many couches. And I was like, this is why I think he's part Great Dane, because they just love to destroy couches. Yeah,
0: right. I'm going to go rustle him up. Go. Come on. Get off there. He will not stop groaning and whining at me. I cannot figure it out.
1: Oh, no.
0: I just hit the car. (laughs) I can't. I just sent my car remote, and now as I'm long freaking as the out.
1: alarm doesn't go off. Yeah,
0: so yeah, go investigate, dog. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Yep. I've just set him off on a clucking spree. He's so that's clucking. Great. This is all great fucking radio. <laughs> um,
1: it's even better podcasting.
0: So I want to talk about uh, real quickly this annoying sound, who keeps going off on the on the podcast. I have, for the first time in a while, got a whole day without a cigarette, which is all right. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to step away from smokes, but that means in the short term, I'm a little irritated, and I'm going to be making this annoying sucking noise.
1: It, to be clear, it's because you're using a, an e-cig. You're yes. using a vape. You, yes, You're not just like soothing yourself by making a weird sucking noise. No, I'm not,
0: I'm not just like slurping on a straw and getting mad. Like <laughs> there's a purpose to it. But yeah, it's like uh, I don't know. I'm, I've been trying to trying to do this today. It's working out okay. But in the meanwhile, it means I'm real annoying to listen to.
1: <laughs> and Dave is like currently digging his fingernail into, into the, the wood table, table.
0: because because. Uh, feelings. Because
1: (laughs) cigarettes are hard. Yeah. uh, Nicotine is a bitch.
0: Yeah. So that's the first thing I wanted to talk about real briefly. Uh, And then the second thing I I wanted to talk about, well, I thought I might talk a little bit about net neutrality today. Alright. It's relevant again, unfortunately, um, because Mm -hmm. the current FCC chairman, Ajit Pai, is slated to pretty soon push forward with you know revisions to the net neutrality rules, which you know prevent ISPs from favoring uh, traffic destinations on you know wireless net or wired internet networks. You know your mm. your home internet, your Comcast's of the world uh, can't favor you know one destination for traffic you know over another one. So uh, currently, they're not allowed to do things like uh, slow down you know Netflix or HBO if it competes with their own streaming service or. Yeah. things like that uh, and that uh, it's 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 relevant again because they're getting ready to do something about this and there has been a pretty large push uh, throughout uh, throughout the internet today to get people to go out write a letter file on the FCC briefing they you know they I don't know if they have to read these but I know they read some of them uh, so, I think, actually, it's still active. If you go to uh, the, the website that John Oliver set up, mm-hmm. which is at www.gofccyourself.com, <laughs> which cracks me up, <laughs> uh, you can go there. It'll take you right to the, um, the actual uh, the page where you can file a brief comment uh, on the resolution before they, before they go through with it. So, there's like a waiting period um, I actually learned today on NPR that it started when FDR started establishing all of these different regulatory bodies.
2: Mm-hmm. And it
0: goes all the way back to then that they had this period of taking public comments. Because for the first time ever, these new organizations were micro-regulating a whole bunch of different aspects of American life. So they decided it would be a good idea if people could comment. Yeah. Um, and it's been around ever since. So use it. It's your, it's your right as a citizen to get in there and say something, mm-hmm. and a very tired, underpaid intern will read it,
2: <laughs> or not.
1: and <laughs> eh, let's be honest. So will click on it to make the link turn purple to show that it clicked on it, and yeah. then just click away. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. <laughs> do, do you like what you do with your inbox where you're like, I don't want to read any of these and just hit red, you know, yep. mark all red, move on with your life? Mm-hmm. But it is important. It's really important. It's I told you this already off microphone. But the the first beginnings of this you're already starting to see with companies uh, like like cell companies where they say you know get you know sign up for our new plan our mobile plan and you'll get unlimited data through like say HBO. So all of your HBO viewing doesn't count towards your data cap. And on some level that sounds cool as a consumer. You know, because maybe I watch a lot of HBO and maybe I don't want to, you know, pay for every gigabyte that I use to stream HBO. Mm. It sounds good on some level, but it is pretty corrosive to the way that the internet works. Yeah. Uh, So if you imagine this happening for long enough and people starting to favor, you know, different providers over others, different, you know, um, websites or platforms over others because they're getting an incentive Mm -hmm. through their wireless or their home internet company... It starts to artificially shape the market of what people do on the internet.
1: Yeah, it doesn't even keep the uh, playing field as even as it currently is. Right. And that's why it's called net neutrality. Yeah. So yeah,
0: exactly. The idea is that network providers ought to be neutral; that picking winners and losers on some level is mm. is you know is bad for innovation on the internet. Uh, and you, you hear this argument made. In a lot of different contexts, I think it makes a lot of sense when it comes to your internet provider, you know, that, you know, let's say tomorrow I was to start my own form of some streaming service, but people don't want to use it because they're getting charged by the Gigabyte through their, you know, provider. Yeah. I don't see, you know, I don't see traffic for artificial reasons. And it starts to, you start to see, you know, the... The development of sort of monopolies and different types of internet services as a result.
1: Yeah, that's that's where it's really troubling. And like you said, it can artificially change the market. Yeah. So it, it could be that less people start using Netflix, especially if they do things like throttle
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, your ability to use your wireless connection. So, you know, just make it fucking difficult to stream Netflix because they're not backing them. Yeah. So no one's going to use Netflix or people are going to use it less. You know, yeah. it's going to be more difficult. I don't want my internet service determining what I can and can't watch yeah. on a service that I fucking pay for. Yeah,
0: or essentially penalizing you for making different choices.
1: Right. I the, I already don't want them to do this stupid cap Thing that they do right now, yeah. That's already fucking idiotic.
0: Data cap is frustrating.
1: Yeah, enough. I'm already paying you for a service. Yeah. Stop putting all these stupid things. Like, mm-hmm. stop adding more things to screw me over. Yeah. It's already expensive, and I'm already getting boned here. So
0: now, imagine a future in which Vimeo makes a deal with AT and T, and you can watch as much Vimeo as you want. And it doesn't count towards your data cap,
1: which is useless.
0: Yeah. Well, but but then watch if you know. Imagine that people start migrating away from YouTube Mm
1: -hmm. because
0: there's a lot of viewership on Vimeo. Because yeah, and there's already
1: reasons to migrate away from YouTube.
0: Sure. Right. And people, yeah, people already are. But I I can just see a nightmare scenario in which stuff we all really like using now Mm -hmm. becomes becomes uh, you're, you're penalized or punished. For choosing it over a competitor. Right. And it starts to, you know, affect all of our habits. I just, it, it, it's, there's a reason that the internet ought to remain open and free. And if you're listening to this and you're wondering if there's something you could do about it, there (laughs) is. Go to www.gofccyourself.com, file a letter. Make an argument, make a tell, you know, write, actually write a letter that says, you know, how you feel about this kind of thing. If you have an opinion on it, you know, it's literally the only thing you can do. Uh, well, not the only thing, the other, the other thing you could do that's really, really valuable, especially if you're in Ohio, call Rob Portman. Rob Portman, who has already well been exposed as taking an awful lot of money from you know ISP you know ISP companies, mm-hmm. something to the tune of three hundred and some thousand dollars last year, and has signed on to, uh, you know, support changing the rules on net neutrality. I mean, this is this is a guy who needs a phone call.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: if you're not particularly petrified of calling your your senator, I would highly recommend you do that.
1: Even if you are, get someone who's not to call for you.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. Hey.
1: Um, the thought of making a phone call doesn't make you want to hide on your blankets for three days? <laughs> hey, can you make this phone call for me? I,
0: I almost made the call today that I check it out. I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do it. I, it's it's super important. And
1: <laughs>
0: yes, these guys are bought and they have been lobbied and they, they have money in their pockets. But if you shut down their phones for a week, maybe they start to think differently because what they really care about is re-election and you can and cannot help that happen. Yeah. So, this is a really important thing. Everyone, you know, who gives a damn about the open internet is screaming about it right now.
1: Anyone who's listening to this podcast should care about this. Mm -hmm. Because you are streaming a podcast right now. Mm -hmm. You're streaming a podcast. You could maybe not do this in the future. Or it would be harder to or we would end up not being able to make the podcast anymore because Mm -hmm. we don't get any listeners because they're basically penalized for listening.
0: Yeah, there's a pretty decent chance we'd make this if not anyone listened anyway. It's true. The point still stands. It's
1: true. And and obviously not just us, but, you know, any podcast you listen to, any media you consume over the internet, any streaming service, any websites that you like to go to, like, Mm -hmm. it can affect everything so it, it is important we should do what we can to try to put a halt to it
0: as a as you know you use you your right as a citizen to make your voice heard because this is awful damn important uh so anyway having said that i think it's time we take a little bit of a break here and we're going to come back <laughs> with our main topic that was a long <laughs> a yawn.
1: real big yawn was a huge <laughs>
0: yawn uh <laughs> We will be back in a minute with our main topic, so stick around. So bad right now. You have no idea.
1: Dave is really angry.
0: Oh, God. I just, uh...
1: <laughs>
0: that's how I, that's how I feel right now. There's an angry troll inside of me.
1: I'm sorry. Working
0: me with levers. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to have a beer. How's
1: that?
0: I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to have a cigarette.
1: <laughs> okay. Dave uh... is losing. Dave is losing it. I really really am. You know, the first day is always the hardest. I don't know if you can hear that or not. (laughs)
0: Yeah, they can can hear that. Uh, Anyway, we are back with our main topic, beer.
1: Dave drinks a beer.
0: And something else. Would you like to talk about it a little bit?
1: Sure. Um, So this topic was a suggestion from one of our friends... Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, right now, we can't remember which one of our friends. I know
0: someone told me, and I cannot remember who, and it's driving me it,
1: nuts. We talked about it about a month ago, and I said, oh, we have like a, a a Google Drive document where we throw all the topics. And mm-hmm. I looked, and I saw one that I didn't recognize. said, oh, who suggested that? And Dave couldn't remember, but then later he remembered, but then he didn't <laughs> tell me that he remembered.
0: And then I forgot But then again. he forgot
1: again. So... We I am so
0: sorry to whoever told me We will remember to do this. who
1: you are and we will thank you by name when we remember. Yes. But we do know this as a suggestion from one of our friends. So yes. thank you. Um should I just get into the topic? Go ahead. This go is for it. The Green Children of Woolpit.
0: Woolpit.
1: Woolpit. A pit of wool. <laughs> Sure,
0: sounds like it's in Scotland, is it? In Scotland, it's my in, guess.
1: It's in Suffolk, England.
0: Ah, okay. So fuck yourself.
1: Yes. <laughs> um, so, just like some brief information, this is kind of like a legend taking place in place, taking place in the 12th century. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. We're going
0: that far back.
1: Yeah, we're going back.
0: I like history.
1: Uh, There are many versions and translations of it. Okay. Uh, In 1189, William of Newborough wrote Historia Rerum Anglicarum. And basically, him and the next person I'm going to talk about they're like local historians essentially they would just document the goings-on of the town and nearby people
0: okay so like the village nerd who just write, writes everything essentially down.
1: yeah and then in 1220 ralph of Coggeshall wrote chronicum anglicanum okay and so this story or a version of the story appeared in both of those now that
0: would be the chronicle of anglicanum
1: Chronicum of Anglicanum.
0: Which in, like, modern English is the Chronicle of Anglicanum.
1: Yeah, the the <laughs> Chronicle of Anglica. <laughs> no, this isn't working. I don't get it.
0: <laughs> it's not that funny. Please move on.
1: Now I want to know. No,
0: just, it's a stupid joke. It doesn't make sense.
1: Oh, but now I feel stupid no, for not getting got, it. No, you
0: got the whole thing. It's not funny. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> well, as long as it's just not funny.
0: Yeah, it's just not funny. <laughs>
1: um... This story was briefly mentioned in 1586 by William Camden in Britannia. In the early 17th century by Bishop Francis Godwin in The Man and the Moon. And both of those reference a William of Newbro's account. Okay. So the first one I mentioned. So I briefly want to read the story for you. Okay. I'm going to read... The William of Newbros version.
0: Are you gonna read it in like Middle English? Is it like It's in- a
1: translation of it. Okay. It's some of it's still gonna be a little bit old timey sounding and wordy, so okay. I will give like in every like a more modern quick synopsis after I read it. Okay. But I thought it was fun to read sure. the actual story. Let's do it. So let me just find my link here real quick. I have it here. I had it up, and then oh, I no. Facebook. I'm horrible. No. Okay, here it is. Okay. Um, this is on esoterics.com. E-S-O-T-E-R-X.com okay. is where I found this version. Um, it was a pretty good reference because they break down some details of the story as well. Okay. And uh, I used it a little bit, so. how Here the story goes. Okay. In East Anglia, there is a village, distant as it is said, four or five miles from the noble monastery of the blessed king and martyr Edmund. Near this place are seen some very ancient cavities called wolf pits. That is, in English, pits for wolves. And which give their name to the adjacent village. During harvest, while the reapers were employed in gathering in the produce of the fields, two children, a boy and a girl, completely green in their persons, and clad in garments of a strange color and unknown materials, emerged from the, these excavations. <laughs> while wandering through the fields in astonishment, they were seized by the reapers and conducted to the village, and many persons coming to see so novel a sight, they were kept some days without food. But when they were nearly exhausted with hunger and yet could relish no species of support which was offered to them, it happened that some beans were brought in from the field, which they immediately seized with avidity and examined the stalk for the pulse, but not finding it in the hollow of the stalk, they wept bitterly. Ooh. Upon this, one of the bystanders, taking the beans from the pods, offered them to the children, who seized them directly and ate them with pleasure. By this food, they were supported for many months until they learned the use of bread. At length, by degrees... And it's so funny. (laughs) The
2: the use of bread.
1: Yeah. And also, me too, fam. Me too. Until I discovered bread. You know? Okay. Where was I? Um, At length, by degrees, they changed their original color through the natural effect of our food and became like ourselves and also learned our language. It seemed fitting to certain discreet persons that they should receive the sacrament of baptism, which was administered accordingly. Of course. (laughs) The boy, who appeared to be the younger, surviving his baptism but a little time, died prematurely. His sister, however, continued in good health and differed not in the least from the women of our own country. Afterwards, as it is reported, she was married at Lynn and was living a few years since, at least, so they say. Moreover, after they had acquired our language on being asked who and whence they were, they are said to have replied, we are inhabitants of the land of St. Martin, who is regarded with peculiar veneration in the country which gave us birth. Being further asked where that land was and how they came thence hither, they answered, we are ignorant of both those circumstances, as only child can, children can speak, we are ignorant of both those circumstances.
0: <laughs> that sounds like kids to me.
1: We only remember this, that on a certain day, when we were feeding our fathers' flocks in the field, we heard a great sound, such as we are now accustomed to hear at St. Edmund's, when the bells are chiming. And whilst listening to the sound in admiration, we became on a sudden, as it were, entranced, and found ourselves among you in the fields where you were reaping. Being questioned whether in that land they believed in Christ, or whether the sun arose, They replied that the country was Christian and possessed churches, but said they, "'The sun does not rise upon our countrymen. Our land is little cheered by its beams. We are contented with that twilight which among you precedes the sunrise or follows the sunset. Moreover, a certain luminous country is seen not far distant from ours and divided from it by a very considerable river.'" These and many other matters, too numerous to particularize, they are said to have recounted to curious inquirers. Let every one say as he pleases and reason on such matters according to his abilities. I feel no regret at having recorded an event so prodigious and miraculous. <laughs> William of Newborough, Historia Historia Rerum Anglicarum, Book One, Chapter Twenty
0: Seven. All right. <laughs>
1: So, let's break it down in more modern, understandable English.
0: The first part I got from this is little green kids get pulled out of a field and and taken prisoner, essentially.
1: (laughs) So, uh, it does sound like that from the writing.
0: Uh, And and made to eat peas?
1: (laughs) So, basically, um, these two children fall into... Wolf pits. They're like. Basically it's. To to catch wolves. So the wolves don't come into the fields. And, and yeah. you know. Eat their chickens or whatever. Destroy the crops. So these kids fall in. Um, they are found by the people who are out. Gathering the harvest. They get them out of the pit. And all the other accounts. I've heard. It kind of sounds like. They kind of take the kids in. And they're like. Curious about who they are because obviously they're green these children are weird clothes we didn't catch that the children are green um they're wearing clothes that don't fit like the modern the the current times what anyone else is wearing and they're speaking a language that no one can understand um so they they're in this version, it sounds like they starve them for three days. Yeah. In other versions, basically they make it more clear that the children are refusing to eat. Like they won't eat anything or can't eat anything. This version makes it sound like they're expecting the, the beans to be alive. And okay. when they're not, they're like upset. But when someone takes the actual beans outside of the stock... They eat them, and then that's what they survive on for months. It's
0: really weird because, yeah, I caught, as you described that, it was like they handed them the pod, and they were feeling it for a
1: pulse? Yeah. And then
0: when they realized that the pod was not a living being, they, like, wept?
1: Yeah. I didn't hear any other... I didn't read any other account that, like, any more specifics on that detail.
0: That's really insane. But
1: every story has the same detail that they survive on beans. Yeah. Like, they, they eat and just beans. And then they change color. For a while. And then eventually find the love of bread.
0: <laughs> the use of bread. <laughs> the
1: use of bread. How
0: to use bread.
1: And then, yeah, the more they eat our food, the longer they're around, they are not green anymore. And that was consistent in every story every version i heard of it's um a weird story and basically start. the theory is that the food of where they were from is what made them green whatever they were eating made them green so okay um
0: it presumably wasn't peas although you would think that might maybe turn someone green i don't know
1: <laughs> so yeah they they're around for a little while they decide to baptize these children they kind of Basically, they ad- someone adopted them. They took them in. Yeah. They baptized the kids. The younger one, who was the boy, um, passed away after the baptism. Yeah. But the the girl grew up and married someone nearby. Um, There was someone who was named as who her caretaker was and someone who was named as the person she married. But they're all kind of like rumors and nebulous details. Yeah. They're not, you know? Yeah, right. It's not... N- necessarily historically accurate we don't really know but
0: this far back histories get muddled anyway you know yeah so so it's it's reasonable to to think there's some ambiguities there some mixed details
1: yeah and then some of the stories it's specified that like so the little boy dies and then she's still alive and she learns english and then they ask her about the details and she responds in this story, it sounds like both of the children were around long enough to learn English and and tell the details. But basically, they say um, they don't know how they got into Wolf Pit. Yeah. They were kind of distracted or disoriented, and they just ended up in the Wolf Pit. Yeah. Um, they don't know how it happened, and then they were taken in by the town. Okay. Um. And their village that they lived in, where they are from, is called uh, St. Martin's Land. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or Narnia. St. Martin's Land. And they, it is a land that is always in twilight. There's no sun. Um,
0: Interesting.
1: And, yeah. That, and that's basically it. And apparently, they're according to this story, they are Christian and they have churches. In their land,
0: really weird. Yeah, sounds so that, like the far north for one. I mean, like where it's you know half the year it's just dark, but only yeah. half the year. Hmm? There's no real place on Earth quite like that.
1: So that that's the story, and there are a couple. There are two main theories about what this story can mean.
2: Okay. Granted,
1: like this is a really long time ago. It's from the 12th century. Yeah. So it's all just supposition, but. The one main story is it's some kind of folklore or just storytelling. It's just a story got passed around and retold as things do. Yeah. Um, so talking of folklore, um, it's just a story about other world or inhabitants of fairies or spirits. Yeah. Um, there are some people, namely uh, a Scottish astronomer named Duncan Lunan. Okay. Who says that this is actually a story about extraterrestrials? That these were extraterrestrials.
0: Well, that's that's the first thing that I thought of: is these green kids in weird clothes speaking another language. Yep. It's It sort of feels like the prototype for any alien mm-hmm. story.
1: And these, he, he says, these children were from a faraway planet. Um, they got lost during a matter transmitter malfunction. Okay. Um, he claimed he could trace the descendants of the green children to the present day.
0: Okay. I don't know how he could have possibly claim to do that.
1: He also says that the, their planet could have been trapped in a synchronous orbit around its sun, which produced that constant twilight. So they were spinning mm. like the same way. Yeah. And so they were always, that part of their planet was always dark.
0: Like our moon, where, where half of it is always facing away from the sun, and it's the same half.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, and he said that their green color was from eating the genetically modified alien plants of their planet. <laughs> um <laughs>
0: I, I, I'm smelling so much bullshit so on this So, I didn't
1: dive into that too much. That's basically... I mean, these are his claims. Yeah, right. you're never going to prove or disprove those, <laughs> but it's interesting. It is interesting. Um, someone asserted that the, these could be inhabitants of a world beneath our Earth. That could be, you know, a place where there's it's only twilight. People mm. living underground. Um, yeah. The other side of this the other theory is that this isn't just out and out folklore or made up stories that this is an account of a real event and the details just kind of got garbled or got filled in or made up with something that sounds fantastical yeah um it could have been an account of a kidnapping but the the account that kind of makes the most sense with the time and geographically what was happening
2: Yeah,
1: is that the kids were Flemish immigrant orphans. Okay. And I'll discuss why. I was going
0: to say, I'm sure you're going to give me a reason to think that.
1: So, yes. So, on the esoterics website, this is some of the stuff that they dive into, and I saw it. Wikipedia also had this information. Uh-huh. Um, on the esoterics website, they discuss specifically St. Martin's Land. That's what their homeland is called yeah and so they're like okay well why why that even if it's a folk tale why that detail why call it that seems a very specific Um,
0: detail to hang around
1: yeah does that have significance there are several saint martins that it could be referencing yeah mostly like you know actual saints named martin and if you go on to esoterics.com uh, this article was titled Going Green, The Subterranean Kingdom of St. Martin's Land. They have a lot of theories and info on the namesake. They discuss like all the different saints and stuff like that. It was not that important, <laughs> I felt, of the story. So okay. I, I glossed over <clears throat> some of that. But the most interesting part to me, and the most likely yeah. to me, is that about a mile north of Woolpit was a village called Fornham St. Martin.
0: Interesting.
1: Uh, so this is a village adjacent to Woolpit, and it was occupied by Flemish weavers and merchants. Okay. Now, they were persecuted and massacred approximately around 1173 during the reign of Henry II. Um, so typically, Flemish people aren't green. <laughs> Although, you, you could conflate hearing Flemish... F-L-E-M-I-S-H with Flemish. P-H-L-E-M-I-S-H. <laughs> so it could have been like a mistranslation.
0: <laughs> uh, well, when people have been saying Flemish back then to mean like, like I got some phlegm. I got a, a clear little, i feeling a little Flemish. <laughs> well,
1: they might have been using it in reference to like, yeah, they might have. <clears throat> I'm feeling
0: they a little Flemish. Have... Oh, yeah.
1: sorry. Little, sorry, BB a
0: little Flemish over here.
1: Oh, no. It's a little
0: green boy. I'm turning green right now. He did not
1: die after all. <laughs> um. So that that was just like a little detail, like eh, probably not, but eh, it's fun to think about. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to think um, about. But the Flemish people lived a mile north of Woolpit. Um, as I said, there was there were massacres and persecutions. Um. A couple kids could have escaped and found shelter in nearby tin mines or in the woods,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: and then they could have reemerged later, speaking Flemish, having chlorosis, which I'll talk about what that is, oh. and they could be perplexed by current affairs, and so they they could be like totally yeah. out of the loop and unfamiliar. Yeah, um,
0: most of the stuff really makes sense. The the the, the not really. Being aware they were and and the not speaking the language and yeah. being kind of, like, malnourished and all. Like, all this stuff makes sense except the green, which I it sounds like you're going to get into.
1: Yeah, so real quick, I'll talk about what chlorosis is. It is hypochromic anemia, also called green sickness. Huh. And hypochromic anemia is a generic term for any type of anemia in um, the white... I'm sorry, in in which red blood cells are paler than normal. Okay. So red blood cells have like a, a pale center.
0: I didn't realize that.
1: Uh it's and in this anemia, the pale areas increase due to disproportionate reduction of red cell hemoglobin okay. in proportion to the volume of the cell. So they have Less hemoglobin, and so that pale area is larger, is hemoglobin and it causes the redder
0: part of it. Yeah, okay. it's the
1: part that's bonded with iron, and that's it. It gives it. That I feel
0: like I should have known that, but that's that's interesting.
1: It causes a green tinge to the skin. It also causes the lack of energy, shortness of breath, dyspepsia, which is indigestion, which could be a reason they don't want to eat. Yeah, um, headaches capricious or scanty appetite so again like might not want to eat
2: yeah
1: and amenorrhea which is absence of menstruation uh, in women so it's basically the kind of things that you get when you're malnourished when you're not getting the nutrients that you need i didn't know this was a thing mm Mhm. it's apparently just a type of anemia usually from malnourishment that
0: kind of that kind of starts to blow the case open doesn't it
1: yeah, I mean, it It makes it, it turns it from something that's just, like, a silly story into something that could have been a historical account. Obviously, some details were, you know, elaborated upon or whatnot, but yeah. that makes sense to me. Yeah, I can see it. So, at this point in my notes, I said, that's the most likely explanation, but... You know, they make reference to being from a distant land. Obviously, For- Fornum, St. Martin isn't a distant land. Although, if a little orphan kid, a little Flemish orphan kid who was an immigrant and brought to this land and then their parents were massacred and they escaped and then later they hid and they were found and someone asked where they're from, yeah. they could have been referencing home home. You know, they sure. could have been referencing their original home, which would be a distant land. Like, yeah. I could get that. Um, obviously, in Fornham St. Martin, it's not twilight all the time. But if they had, like, hidden somewhere... Yeah. You know, it could have been twilight all the time to them if they're hiding in tin mines. Yeah, that's true.
0: Um, and the other and thing then, is they're confused, probably. Right.
1: They're like... And then one detail... Is one point that someone made is that it's unlikely that the educated recorders of the story, uh, like this William of Newborough, would not recognize a Flemish, like the Flemish language, since it was so nearby.
0: That's a good point.
1: Um, but these are all details. I mean, this seems the most likely to me if it is an actual historical account. Yeah. But.
0: Do we know how long after the event happened that they would have been recording it? Do we have any idea of like you know when when it happened versus when this was written?
1: No, I mean the earliest account was in 1189 and then the next account after that was 1220. So it could have happened right before 1189 yeah. or it could have happened even further before that. In William of Newborough's account, he makes it sound like he witnessed it.
2: Uh. But I
1: don't know. I mean it's possible he didn't. We don't, right. can't really know for sure. He was the one doing the recording, you know? Right. Um, I found that pretty interesting. Um, so then historian Derek Brewer, um, he basically, he chalks this whole thing up to some kids got lost, they didn't know their address, and they had chlorosis from a dietary deficiency. Yes, yeah. the details were filled in and embellished, yeah. but basically, there were some lost kids who hadn't been eating well. Yeah, right. They didn't know where they were. Um, and then someone else, Jeffrey Jerome Cohen, interprets this to be a story of racial differences. Uh, he feels that William was writing of the Welsh in such a way that he didn't have to come out and say he was the children are a memory of england's past and violent conquest of indigenous britons by anglo-saxons followed by norman invasion it's a reminder of racial differences between the normans and anglo-saxons and they the children also embody the welsh the irish and scots who were forcibly anglicized the boy who dies rather than assimilate represents otherness that will perish
2: oh so he
1: kind of takes this as an allegory for discussing racial differences and um things that were happening at the time without directly coming out and saying it
0: that seems possible
1: and it's likely it's likely that a historian would write a story uh about something i mean Fables were used to teach a lesson, and yeah. we have a lot of, you know, fairy tales and such that were used to teach a lesson. It could have been a folk tale used for that reason, you know. Yeah. Um. So that that's just another theory, but that's kind of the long and short of it. It's just yeah. a folk tale that's been around a really long time, and we don't really know how much is an account of something that happened and how much was just made up. Yeah. But it's been passed around and retranslated and altered here and there.
0: What's interesting to me is how many of the details are consistent with the idea that they're lost, malnourished kids.
1: Yeah, I mean, really, that it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, a lot of a lot of folk tales. If you've broken down a lot of fairy tales. That seem fantastical at the face of it. You could go, oh yeah, you know, they're just they're lost kids. Yeah, you know? right. Hansel and Gretel and like you know, <laughs> and any number of folk tales and fables and fairy tales. So, um I, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. It was fun. Yeah, a fun little read perusal it, of history.
0: It's an odd little chunk. Like I, I love, I love. First of all, I think what I love the most about it is that it's the oldest story I've ever heard that sounds like it's about aliens.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I'm sure there's people out there, obviously that one guy, Yeah. Uh, who are like, aliens.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Definitely aliens. But yeah, I mean, you could totally get that from that story.
0: I love that he thinks he can track all of the descendants, all the yeah. alien people that are still around.
1: Yeah, I don't know about that
0: <laughs> <laughs> like literally little green men dude like that's a little bit far for yeah. me and then and then like how would he even be able to trace that mm-hmm. based on the I fact that we don't I even don't know. know anything about those people themselves these kids I themselves don't i don't know we know so little. i mean
1: supposedly according to william of newborough or one of these writers They know who she married, so it's possible he like genea like tracked the genealogy or something. But I I don't think so.
0: I kind of hope he doesn't turn that list over to anybody.
1: Mm -hmm. Someone's
0: gonna get a real annoying visit from from some dude that listened (laughs) to Art Bell Coast to Coast.
1: (laughs) Oh man, I miss Art Bell's Coast to Coast. Yeah,
0: right. Coast to Coast AM. Uh,
1: so this was a little bit of a departure from last week. A much needed departure. I originally had another topic I was going to do, right? And I started to dig into it, and I was like, "This is gonna be too much." We <laughs> said we were gonna do something lighter, and yeah. this has too many similar things to what we just talked about. Yeah, and I'm gonna, I'm still gonna do it. I think I'll do it for my next episode that I do, mm-hmm. but I it was good. I don't want to bum people out. I want people <laughs> to be able, able to listen to the show, and if like. That's something they have trouble listening to. Mm-hmm. I didn't want there to be two episodes in a row that they wouldn't be able to listen to yeah. the main part of the show. So this is a little bit lighter. And I have bonus.
0: Ooh, bonus.
1: I did a little extra research. Oh, really? On another kind of mini topic because I knew it wouldn't be enough for a whole topic one day.
0: Right. I and think you said you might do that.
1: And it it's similar enough because... I did some research on the green man.
0: That's right. That's right. We talked about that. You, I knew you were going to look into this one as well.
1: Yeah. I had read about it before I kind of knew of him. And the story, this story is cool because it's an urban legend that is based on a real person. We yeah. do know who he was and we do know his story. That's, and pretty that's sweet. And that's so rare that that happens. Honestly, it takes place not that far from you and I, yeah. too, which yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah, it is. So, this is another legend of a green person, but this one is definitely real. Um, he's the green man, but his name was Raymond Robinson. He was born October 29th, 1910, and lived until June 11th, 1985. Okay. So, just a couple passed away a couple years before we were born.
0: Wow. I didn't realize um, he was around that long.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he is from Beaver County, Pennsylvania, which really isn't too far from no, us in Youngstown, Ohio. It's
0: pretty close. Um,
1: he was severely disfigured. He did not go out in public for fear of causing panic. Uh, he took long walks at night.
0: Oh, God. That might be even scarier. So
1: <laughs> because of kids. this, story spread uh, turns into an urban legend ghost story that overshadows his real life. Yeah. The urban legend is that as a boy, he wanted to see into a bird's nest, so he climbed an electrical pole, and to he was shocked and fell. He lost his eyes, nose, mouth, one ear, and one arm. Oh, my God. He, this is the legend. He oh, okay. grew up and hid in an abandoned house. Um, he was called the Green Man because his skin was that color due to the electrical shock. The truth is... Is truth. that when he was nine years old, he was injured by an electrical line on the Murado Bridge outside of Beaver Falls. now oh. this this bridge had a trolley on it. And there were electrical lines of one thousand two hundred volts up to twenty two hundred volts Wait, on this bridge. What? It's like a have you ever you've seen trolley lines, right?
0: Are you talking about those big giant ones or? What, what?
1: Yeah, it was like a trolley that ran over a bridge. But it was powered by electrical lines, and so there were some that were as low as 1,200 volts and some that were as high as 22,000 volts. Jesus. Um, These electrical lines on this bridge killed a boy less than a year prior to Raymond Robinson um, being injured by them. That's a lot. That's a lot of volts. So, <laughs> yep. And who knows which one hit him, you know? Right. There were multiple lines. Maybe he, that boy, other boy that passed away... Got more of a shock than Raymond Robinson. Regardless, yeah. he survived despite the fact that nobody thought he would. Yeah. Um, he did lose his eyes, his nose, and his right arm. Uh, have you seen pictures of him?
0: I have not.
1: There, I will show you a picture of him. There are pictures of this man. Jeez. Um as an adult, he lived in Koppel. He spent days at home with his relatives. He made doormats, wallets, and belts to sell. That sounds nice. Yeah, he took long walks at night alone on uh, along State Route 351. Okay. Um, the locals would search for him, go out looking for him, and most of the time he would hide from them or kind of try to keep himself away from them. But yeah. occasionally he would have... He would trade beer and cigarettes for conversation. Be like, "Give me a beer, and I'll, we'll talk a little bit. Give me a cigarette, and we'll talk a little bit." Kind of thing, <laughs> you know. you just interact with people. Hey, have a smoke and talk to us. Sure. Um, because he walked alone at night a lot, he was uh, struck by cars several times.
0: No shit. Um,
1: but he he lived obviously to a, a decent age. Once he got older he couldn't take his walks anymore. He did retire to a geriatric home in Beaver Falls. Mm-hmm. But it this is just, you know, a normal dude who had a really bad accident as a kid and was disfigured and unfortunately felt like he couldn't go out in public during the day because of what people how people would react to him.
2: Yeah.
1: But, was just a normal guy living his life in in a, you know, urban legends take over people's curiosity and morbid curiosity sometimes well you
0: know like the walk the long walks at night make it go from just like a local sort of like a tragedy to like downright spooky to people
1: yeah but they make it makes sense why you know like it's not like he was just a creepy dude walking alone at night. It was like he felt like he couldn't go out during the day, but you know, he can't blame a man for wanting to go for a walk. You I don't. Know?
0: I don't fault him for for it. It's just like that would explain are people you, hunting him down at night.
1: Are you ready to see a picture? Yes. Of Raymond Robinson. Yeah.
0: Oh my god.
1: Uh, and if you guys do look up this Raymond guy Robinson. Got it bad. Raymond Robinson. You can very quickly find pictures of him. They're they're easy to find.
0: Oh my god, this guy got
2: it bad.
1: Yeah, his, his face was very disfigured. Like I said, he did not have eyes. Um, no He nose. lost his nose. Um, he does have a mouth. But yeah, he, he was a disfigured individual. He had a horrible accident. The fact that he survived is amazing.
0: Someone did a recreation to try and match a photo and it, that looks like a plausible recreation.
1: Yeah. It's like to describe what that looks like. It, it's like, um, where the eyes are, the skin is kind of grown over. Um, the nose is kind of, there's not an actual nose, but the place where it would be is kind of exposed. And then where his lip would be is a little bit like almost overgrown. Yeah. Um, I mean, this just um, imagine if someone was severely electrocuted and took a lot of damage to the face. Like
0: that's a surprising amount of damage, honestly. Even yeah. knowing what happened, that looks that looks like it really, really hurt.
1: I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. Um, but yeah, that is that's Raymond Robinson, real dude who lived not too far from us, and. Just living his life.
0: Yeah, dude, rest trying to in live his peace. life.
1: Yeah, and he lived a pretty long time. Yeah, what's that like? He was, oh god, I can't do mental math. Like <laughs> oh, he was wait, sixty. He was born when? Nineteen ten to nineteen eighty five.
0: Yeah, so he would have been he would seventy five years old. Yeah, it's a pretty good life.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty good long life. I
0: mean, a lengthy life. Yeah, I shouldn't say good life. I mean, he did have I mean, his face blown off.
1: It's true, but I hope that he still had a decently happy life Yeah. for him. It sounds like there was probably a lot of sadness, a lot of isolation, Yeah. but he did live with family. It wasn't like he lived all by himself.
2: Right. He
1: did make things, like he did something productive, which I feel like if something happened to me and I couldn't make things, I couldn't be productive in some way, Yeah. that would be the worst thing. Yeah. Like, not being able to create something or, like, just contribute to society or my household. Yeah, I agree. Be crappy. But, like, he did stuff. It probably wasn't the best life. It sounds really sad in yeah. some ways. But it also sounds like he he was okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like To
0: survive something like that is, like, just unbelievable. And to get, like, basically a second chance at, at living. Yeah, because that would kill almost anybody, I think.
1: And and it did. Yeah, kill someone before him. So.
0: Oh, green man. You oh, poor guy. the
1: green man. That it's a great it's a great story because it's, he's a real person.
0: Yeah, right.
1: The the real story is more interesting than the urban legend in that case.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um,
1: I wanted to talk about him because I didn't think I'd have an opportunity to talk about him another time. It's not long enough of a story to really right make its own episode but it fit the color scheme so it did.
0: It, did. it matched the palette of this episode yeah so there's that
1: and that that's that guys
0: all right well yeah that was a cool one thank you for both of those that was a that was a really interesting couple of stories
1: yeah i had fun researching those yeah. i was glad to take a break from researching the more horrible shit I will yeah. talk about in the future.
0: Yeah, so brace yourself for a couple episodes from now when we bring you down a couple of pegs again.
1: Yeah. Ech. It's gonna be a real ebb and flow this podcast. <laughs> real rising of the tides. Yeah.
0: Uh but thank you for listening to our thirteenth episode, an appropriately spooky episode Ooh, for
1: thirteen 13. Appropriately
0: quite spooky, I would say. Yeah, pretty
1: pretty spooky. Yeah, that's fair. You know, sp- maybe some little alien kids. Yeah. You know? yeah
0: Yeah. so (laughs) so anyway thank you for listening and we will see you in another week with another episode bye bye enjoy your holidays
1: yes happy Thanksgiving happy eating a lot (laughs) and passing out and probably watching football day yeah
0: enjoy that and we'll see you again (laughs) in another week with more Goose Chase okay bye bye bye
1: You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at Pod, And our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com. If
0: you have any topics you would like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com.
1: Want to go on a goose chase?
0: Yes.